The Colts paid special attention to their secondary this offseason, adding veteran competition to an already talented group. Who will rise to the top of these position groups this year in 2022? This and much more on today's edition of Locked On Colts. Let's get it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Colts fans, thanks so much for tuning in and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Jake Arthur, of course, joined as always by my partner, Zach Hicks. Today, Zach and I will sift through some of the main player competitions in the Colts defensive secondary, and we're going to tell you who we think is going to win out or at least have the more significant role in those situations by season's end. This will cover cornerback three, cornerback five, and strong safety. That probably sounds more detailed than you think, but they're real competitions. So let's, let's go ahead and get into that. So the first one that we're looking at is uh, the Colts' first free agent move, uh, outside free agent move of the offseason, Brandon Faison. Uh, they brought him in from the Raiders. He, of course, is familiar with Gus Bradley, Ron Milas, and that system. Uh, he is going to be going at it with Isaiah Rogers, uh, third-year Colts, sixth-rounder, I believe. Um, yep. Of course, the Colts drafted him mainly as a kickoff return specialist, and then uh, their hope was that, you know, kind of the fire that he brought on tape at UMass defensively would would pop with the Colts, and it did in practice. And it seemed like every little bit of playing time they gave him on the field, he lived up to it. Uh, he, he had a few picks last year. One of uh, probably the most notable was against Tom Brady, just pretty much ran the receivers deep route for him, picked it off, and that's, that's definitely one that he's going to have uh, – put up in a trophy case at his house, I'm sure. And uh, I know you are very passionate about both of these players in this competition in particular, Zach. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you think? Yeah, no, I, I really am interested in this in this competition in particular because I, I think there's no wrong choice here, and even though both choices are kind of flawed. You know, like yeah. Isaiah Rogers is not a bona fide starter yet, I don't think. You know, we saw some things last year where, you know, there were some concerns. You know, he got beat a couple times late in the season. Uh, he had some issues at the catch point at times, you know, knocking the ball free of receivers when they got their hands on it. Uh, so, you know, it's not a sure thing that he's a starting outside corner. And, and the same goes for Brandon Faison. I mean, Brandon Faison has been in the league for, I think, four years now. Uh, he really didn't see time on defense until this past season with the Raiders. And that was mostly in reserve role, you know, filling in for injuries. Uh, and when he got out there, you know, he, he showed some good things, some really good things that looked like a good starting corner. But he also had some flaws, you know, got beat on some double moves. Uh, he got beat down the field, wasn't the most physical guy for his size. So, you know, both these guys are flawed, but they're both super interesting players. And I don't think there's really a wrong choice here. Obviously, we want to see Isaiah Rogers be the guy that takes over, you know, the younger player, the guy with more upside with his speed and his athleticism, and the guy who showed, you know, he can he can make plays on the ball. You know, he had three picks last season, 
all three of them were highlight real plays. Uh, he, there was one against the Bills, too, that he dropped, which would have been another highlight real play. Mm. Uh, he, he had an outstanding season last year in, in reserve, and and I think, obviously, we all want him to be that that second outside corner. Uh, but I think either way that the Colts go here, if they go with the veteran and Brandon Faison, I think it's a good choice. If they go with Isaiah Rogers, I think it's a good choice because you're betting on that youth. And then if you go kind of a mixture of the two, I think it'd be good as well. So I'm just excited to see what happens in camp and see who kind of pulls ahead before the season starts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So fans, of course, this is with the assumption from Zach and I that Stephon Gilmore and Kenny Moore will be the starting outside corners in base defense. And then in the nickel or just other sub packages where you have three or more corners, of course, Kenny will go inside. And then this is pretty much the Rocky Ascent role. Uh, from last year of course rock was sent to las vegas um so you'll have stefan outside i miss miss rock right i know you do that was your guy he was so good last year he was so good but honestly again i'm I'm excited about face on i'm excited about gilmore i'm excited about uh isaiah rogers but Mm -hmm. it does hurt losing rock i mean rock rock was outstanding last year yep he's he's really an unsung hero and of of course if you're listening to this you're more than likely a colts fan you know how polarizing he was, you yeah. know, his, his lows were low because of some penalties, but um, he was one of those corners where he didn't have like eye popping or gaudy interception stats. So a lot of times people don't understand if you're not calling a cornerback's name, that probably means they're doing a really good job. Yeah. And that, that was rock for probably at least half of the time he was here in Indy. Um, he, he did a really nice job. He, he took some, some guys away, physical corner, it's panning out. And of course, last year, I think was his third year, you know, that that's when it really blooms for these guys, you know, think Tim Jennings when he was with the Colts back in this Super Bowl era and then went to the bears and was an all pro. Now, um, wait, now we got Isaiah Rogers going into his third year though. So. Eh, it's going to be big. It's going to be, there big. we go. There we go. But no, I, I like this competition. Um, there's a lot to like about Faison. you know, he's like six two, right around 200 pounds, a uh, lengthy guy. He can, he can, cover plenty he's not as fast as rogers is uh rogers is Rogers is kind of he's a lightning in the bottle guy too kind of like kenny moore just he's a big play guy of course my my stance on this is um you know if if the competition through camp is a wash and they're both even they're both giving you a lot to like then go with the guy who you drafted in the sixth round and and have developed you know give him those plays because he's probably the bigger playmaker as well Right. Um, right. So if it's all even in the end, I definitely would lean more towards Isaiah Rogers. Of course, the guys have to earn it. Um, this is with the assumption that they'll do they'll both do well enough in camp to earn the spot. But if it's all even, give me Rogers. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with Isaiah Rogers because I remember watching his rookie season and, you know, you kind of watch a rookie season of a six round corner who only played, I think, 50 snaps on defense. You're kind of watching it like all right, let's just see if he's a capable guy who could maybe be like a fifth corner or something like that. You know, again, this mm-hmm. is a special teams guy who's supposed to be a kick returner, maybe a gunner if things all went well. And I remember watching some of his clips from his rookie season. And then I actually talked with him after the season. I was like, look, like the stuff on this film is really good. Like again, five, eight, like one seventy. he's tiny. He's tiny, Yeah. but the movement's so like, you don't see that in many guys at all. And again, being a smaller guy right. does help a little bit. Uh, but I mean, remember the Ravens game last year, he got that ball in the open field and he outran angles, Lamar Jackson and Devin Duvernay. Like they were nothing. Oh. And those are two, four, three guys, you know, like 
That play was and, so and frustrating. <laughs> it was. It was. But, that was but the game. way that he the way that he pulled away from angles from two of the fastest guys in football, like they were just nothing. Mm-hmm. Tells you all you need to know about that kind of speed. And you can see it in the way he transitions, how quick he is in and out of his breaks. Uh, and then when you when you factor in the ball skills, I mean, in that pick against the Buccaneers, like you mentioned, uh, it wasn't just, you know, an, like a super athletic play, but the ball tracking was like a receiver. You know, down the field, mm-hmm. he looked like a receiver the way he tracked the ball over his shoulder, got his feet down in bounds. I mean, it was an outstanding play. You know, against the, the Raiders, he outjumped Deshaun Jackson for Deshaun an interception. Jackson, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the play against the Texans where he got his pick, uh, he, he was in a short cover two zone, pressed the receiver, the receiver got outside, and then he dove across his body and, and made, a, made an interception. I mean, he's made a lot of outstanding plays in his short NFL career. And when you factor in the playmaking and the athleticism and his age and the fact that him, unlike Faison, is going to be here next year for sure. Like Faison couldn't mm-hmm. sign back. Isaiah Rogers still under team control next year. So yeah. I think it makes sense that if it's close, like you said, you have to give it to Isaiah Rogers. Yeah. And he's not just a gamer either. Like he's not the type of guy that he doesn't really flash in practice either. Of course, fans, you don't get the benefit of, of watching practice, some training camp ones, of course, but he does this stuff all the time. Like last year in training camp, he had several interceptions or, or big plays. Uh, right. This It's not, it's not rare for him to be making big plays. So he's, he's almost like a Darius Leonard where you can kind of live with some of the, some of the lows or, you know, missed plays, whatever, because of his big playmaking ability. Yeah. And the Colts defense is littered with that. I mean, we're talking Darius Leonard, Kenny Moore, and now Isaiah Rogers. Yeah. I think when you have Mm -hmm. a guy like Gilmore on one side, it's going to lock it down. You want to have playmakers all around that. So uh, yeah, I agree. Isaiah Rogers, of all things goes well, should be the, the second outside corner this year. Uh, but coming up, Jake and I are going to dive into the battle for what, what might be the final quarterback spot on the Colts roster between some superstar players like Tony Brown, <laughs> Anthony Chesley, Marvell Tell, and Rodney Thomas. Before that, let's talk about some bets. <laughs> BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all your latest sporting developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your betting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Did you guys know on BetOnline right now, you can go on there and you can bet the over on Matt Ryan's passing yards. Matt Ryan's passing yards on BetOnline.ag is 3,850 yards. That's all it is. Over. Over, over. Since 2011, Matt Ryan has thrown under 4,000 yards just once, and that was last year, his worst year since then, and he was 32 yards under 4,000. So I think that's an easiest bet that you guys can make. Head to the website today or use your device to learn more trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. And one reason that Matt Ryan didn't throw for 4,000 yards was because his wide receiver one was out there making bets, guys. Be like Calvin Ridley and make <laughs> the, these bets. That's going to go on the the Colt. That's going to go on the graphic this week. The Colts out of context. Be yeah. like Calvin Ridley. We're always being watched. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of myself for that one. That was good. That was good. That's good. All right. You ready to talk about these, these other corners now? Who, who do you I? want to talk about first, Jake? Who do you want? Who, which one's your guy of this group? Gosh. I'm, so I think I'm pulling hardest for Rodney Thomas just because I want to see what's there. That's a dude that's played 
linebacker and safety at Yale. And they, you know, he's, he's kind of a, a height, weight, speed guy, real, really good athleticism. So they want to try him out at corner, see how it goes. Tony Brown, I think is a, a safe corner five, uh, really good special or, you know, quality special teams player. Uh, you could do much worse. Anthony Chesley. I think that's someone they're kind of wanting to see what they got developed there a little bit. I, I think he got a little playing time last year. It wasn't great, but he got it. Um, Marvell Tell was someone I was real passionate about after his rookie year. And then he, of course, was a COVID opt-out in 2020. And then last summer, I was just completely underwhelmed and camped, unfortunately. Obviously, they cut him. Yeah. But so they let him go during camp cuts, but then they brought him back. So they obviously want to – they know what he can do. Then they were probably taken back by last summer, too. So. Yeah. I don't know. I I'd really like to see if Rodney Thomas can offer something, but I'm very okay if Tony Brown is your corner five. Yeah, I think Tony Brown's probably my guy for it. You know, you got some of that veteran experience. You have a guy who comes out of I think he played at Alabama in college, which mm-hmm. yep. you know, Alabama, you play under Nick Saban, you're gonna be a corner who at least knows your stuff. Uh and and it also translates really well to a Gus Bradley scheme. I mean, Saban is famous for uh, a lot of his, you know, his man match stuff that he runs at Alabama, a lot of his uh, cover three stuff that he does down there. And that's kind of a lot of what Gus Bradley's doing, especially with the man match stuff in recent years. Uh, so I think Tony Brown makes a lot of sense for being that fifth corner. But like you said, I think Rodney Thomas is the best case scenario. Uh, kind of what Marvell Tell was going into that 2019 season, you know, safety mm-hmm. converted over to corner, kind of see what he can do, see if he can bring that physical, that physicality, uh, off the edge and also, you know, on, on as a gunner on on punt teams and stuff like that, that's going to be big. Uh, so I want Rodney Thomas to take it, but I, I think it's going to be Tony Brown. But also, also mm-hmm. don't sleep on Anthony Chesley. I, I like Anthony Chesley. You know, he I yeah. think he played I think he played like a total of 10 defensive snaps last year and had like two pass breakups. Like technically, mm-hmm. according to pro football focus, he was the best coverage corner the Colts had last year by hey. far and away, <laughs> far and away. I mean. I mean, remember that mess of a Ravens game? I know I keep bringing back this Ravens game, but that mess of a Ravens game, you know, that was the game I'm I'm thinking of where they were down to, yeah, yeah, they had no corners left, it seemed. Yes, but he was the only one out there of all those backup corners who got a pass breakup and didn't allow a reception. The other guys, Mm. (laughs) the other guys, on the other hand, uh, who was it? Bo Pete Keys, I think, who allowed the touchdown on the double move. You know, I'll I'll give I'll give Chesley props. I think. Bo Pete Keys, his performance is what I was thinking of Chesley. Yeah. Yep, that was so, not Chesley. A, Chesley was apolo- good. Apologies. It was yes. Keys. That's yes, right. Anthony Chesley, I like a lot. Marvell Tell, I know I'm 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 probably sleeping on at this point. It's just it's kind of what I was saying about Des Patman on one of our other episodes mm-hmm. is you know, you can keep squeaking on rosters and getting some playing time, but when you're a day three pick, eventually you gotta start doing something or or yeah, you know. Other day three picks like a Rodney Thomas will take your spot. So it's going to be interesting. This is a, obviously it's a make or break season for a guy who didn't even make the roster last year. Yeah, his his coverage isn't terrible. And of, of course, he is his spider chart before the draft was was huge. You know, there, there's nothing not to love about his blend of, of size and athleticism. But it, it just felt like he didn't pop. He was just a guy in summer last year. Yeah. Um, if he was aggressive and made plays on the ball, like we see with Rogers or face on has done this spring. And you match that with 
his his decent coverage skills and things like that, I think I think it gives you a lot more to work with. You can feel more comfortable if he's got to go out there. Right. Um, right. Yeah, the 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 very long awaited cornerback five debate. <laughs> hey, I think we, we fall in love with the corner fives, though. That's our we thing. Know. You know, it was Marvell Tell in 2019. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, I think Isaiah Isaiah Rogers went into the season as cornerback five. You know, it, it's it's a thing for me to fall in love with some bottom of the roster guys. You know, my my love already goes to Curtis Brooks so far this yeah. year you know it's all we found like, a way to get him in i did i did you know, I, yeah i i don't know if i have much more room in my heart for other players outside of curtis brooks this year mm-hmm. but if i did you know i'd probably take a corner five or something like that you know i'll, I'll find a way uh, yeah I, I can't wait to see who's going to be my darling of training camp it'll probably be eric johnson just someone out of nowhere i'm not it'll I'm be not eric expecting. johnson just to spite me you know it'll be completely out of yeah. spite to, to rival my love for curtis brooks I'm I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna pull for Rodney Thomas because I think we'll probably see him at safety at some point too because if you think Julian Blackman if he starts on pup or something in, in camp you'll probably see more guys mixing it in at safety like they did last year because there's always a starting safety injured every summer <laughs> to start camp. Can, can we just so, get that? I mean, I'm not saying I want this guy to get hurt, but like let's just devote that to Car like Car Willis can take that with him as he yeah, <laughs> on his way out, yeah. you know, like. Uh, but I think when it comes to this cornerback five thing, the biggest the biggest thing by far and away is going to be special teams. It's always yes. special teams. Always. Tony Brown. Tony Brown has, has a leg yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Tony Brown has the leg up. But Rodney Thomas, with his height, weight, speed, mm-hmm. you know, he could be a guy like a George Odom where he comes in, takes that job early, and and runs with it. You know, so uh, Rodney Thomas, I wouldn't count out, but I do think it's going to be Tony's Brown. Tony Brown job. Tony Brown's job to lose. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> On video, you guys can laugh at me for that, but Tony yeah. Brown's job to lose. You know, not for nothing, but I think Tony Brown was like the top corner in the nation when he committed to Alabama. So there's something there. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to Alabama, you probably are the top corner in the nation. Yeah, most likely, most likely. <laughs> so, yes, cornerback five. Again, we had we had to do it to him. That is... <laughs> <laughs> that, is that that's your now in the phrase? past. Is that your had to do it to now? Yeah, I've seen I've seen too much of the uh Jenna Marvels and, and Julian podcast. I have oh, to Oh gosh, you're old, man. Stuff. You're old. I know I'm old. All right. <laughs> you don't you don't have to tell me that. Anyways, so we're gonna move on from talking about our friends in the secondary, and we're gonna move on to talk about our friends over at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you also by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or an EX? And then wait for the person behind the counter while they order parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, guys. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? That does not sound like a good time. For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from the chain store, but just $216 from Rock Auto. They really like to talk about the Honda Odyssey, guys. So if you've got one, you absolutely need to go here. 
My parents Rock had one Auto growing is a, up. It's a great car. Great car. There you go. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. I'm not one, but if you are, they're going to serve you right. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. <laughs> have you ever and heard now, the commercial? Have you ever heard the commercial for that though? The where they sing that? I think that I line? have. Yeah. I think I have. Yeah, I have a buddy who swears by them. And anytime I need him to do something to my car, he always tells me to go online to them. I don't do it because I want him to do it. <laughs> but he really likes them. You have a middleman. It's a rock auto is what you have. Exactly. I'm like, hey, man, I'll pay you more for you to do all this. Yeah. <laughs> I, you're. This is now in your, your camp. <laughs> now we're going to talk about some guys that are fast as cars and hit like them as well. Oh, God. Yes, <laughs> at it's, least one of it's, them. <laughs> yeah, it's arguably the the sexiest battle in the secondary, and that's for strong safety for the honor to play next to Julian Blackman. That is between the veteran Rodney McLeod and the rookie Nick Cross. Lots to like about both these guys. Uh, Nick Cross, third round, the Colts were shocked he was still there, so they traded up to get him. Only like the third time I think Chris Ballard has traded up for a player in the draft. The others being Kari Willis and Jonathan Taylor. So if that tells you anything, they they were really smitten with him. Um, they 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 were willing to give up what they gave up because they said you know next year he'd probably be going in the second round. So just go ahead and do it. Uh, Rodney McLeod can play in a couple spots. He's a bit more of a free safety, but that was a really sneaky grab for them in free agency that a lot of people really liked. Uh, what do you think about this this matchup here? You know, I, I don't really think it's much of a camp competition. I think it's more of like the veteran's going to hold the place for a little bit just mm-hmm. until the rookie is ready. Uh, yeah. And I think Ronnie McLeod kind of knows that. You know, Ronnie McLeod came here with probably with the expectation where, you know, he'll be able to play a lot of snaps and he will get out there. You know, Gus Bradley does deploy a lot of three safety sets, a lot of sets where, you know, they'll have a safety in the slot and then two safeties over top. Uh, and that's where you're going to want a guy like Ronnie McLeod out there. But He's not he's not really your your prototypical strong safety. He's a good tackler, not the greatest. He's good around the box, but again, not the greatest. He's more of your traditional, you know, single high guy in, in a cover three, uh, which is going to be around what Julian Blackman's doing. So I think him and Julian Blackman are both going to get a lot of snaps back there. Nick Cross is the guy that you want around the line of scrimmage. You want him in the box. You want him blitzing. You want him filling, filling against the run. You want him over slot receivers. I think he's just perfect for that role. And that's why the Colts spent that draft pick on him. They always envisioned him being that long-term strong safety and long-term Jamal Adams, like safety in this defense. And now they have that guy. I, and I, I just think that Kari Willis retirement kind of fast tracks their process for when they're going to get him out there. Uh, it might not be week one or week two or week three, but I, I do think it's going to be really early in the season that he's going to be the starter at that strong safety job. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it was Mike DeRice was the area scout that that kind of oversaw drafting cross and he said that cross is a lot farther along than people think because he was he's kind of young as as a player like was he only got like a year or so of of starting experience 
I think he's only 21 uh, as well. He's super yeah, young. he's a he's a young guy who hasn't started a ton yet, but they think he's already a pretty well-rounded player. He'll he'll be able to hit the the field sooner than a lot of people thought before the draft. Um, but no, I'm I'm really I think his skill set goes with Blackman very well. I'm really excited to see that because think of how how many times, like especially this last year before he got hurt, Blackman just coming up and you know he he's he can do plenty you know, in the back half of the field, but he's just got, he's got that, that kind of screw loose that a lot of safeties, that a lot of the good safeties do where they just have no fear of yeah. flying up and, and taking out even a guy like Derrick Henry. I, I thought that Julian Blackman, for example, like put it on his shoulders to do work against Henry and he looked really well doing it. And I think cross is kind of cut from that same exact cloth. Uh, like you said, he can cover guys out of the slot. He's got the the range and athleticism to cover back there. So there's just not much not to like. Um, yeah. we, we've talked about this before, how McLeod is just kind of the vast upgrade over Andrew Sandeo this year. He's not, <laughs> he's not supposed to be the starter, but he's going to get some snaps and he's just going to be a quality guy who can play free or strong. You're um, the, you're the vast upgrade over Andrew Sandejo. Maybe in my younger years, but now I am fat and 32 years old. Well, we so have at least know. very low ex- – like, we had low expectations for Sandejo, but he he still was worse than those expectations. Like, at least you would meet your expectations. You can't say the dude didn't hit hard as heck, though. I think one of the one <laughs> hit I remember was the, cool. was the helmet-to-helmet not... helmet on Tom Brady at the goal line for, like, no reason. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was the one time Tom Brady didn't get a call. <laughs> it was so weird. Well, I was just talking about guys with screws loose. So yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. I had to draw a direct <laughs> line right there. But one more thing I want to say about, about Nick mm-hmm. Cross is, you know, so many people in the pre-draft world were, were saying, oh, look at this guy's speed. He's he's a free safety. He's a center fielder guy. Honestly, for me, watching his film, I didn't see the instincts as a free sa- as a center field free safety. You know, you kind of have to be a guy like Julian Blackman, where mm-hmm. you can kind of see the routes happening before they are, where I think Nick Cross was very good. Don't get me wrong. Like when, when he ID to play, he was there because that speed is insane. Uh, but when mm-hmm. you take a guy like him, who's a four, three guy, who's almost 220 pounds, I think he's like 215, 216. And mm-hmm. you put him around the line of scrimmage and you just let him roam and you let him fill against the run. You just kind of unleash him. I think that's a much better role for a guy like him where I, again, I think there's going to be more struggles if you try to put him at free safety. And because the Colts have Julian Blackman, because they have Ronnie McLeod, He's not going to be back there very much. He's like the supercharged Jonathan Abram last year that the Raiders had. And and this mm-hmm. thought last year with the Raiders was Abram's best year in the NFL. He wasn't outstanding, but he was it was his best year by far and away. You get the supercharged version of that with Nick Cross. Uh, you're gonna have more mistakes than maybe what Akari Willis had last season because Kari Willis just like never missed a tackle. Like Kari Willis had like the best tackling form in the NFL and his and his IQ was off the charts, but you're getting like a, a much faster, a more aggressive, a guy who's going to fly down the box. And yeah, there's going to be some more mistakes, but I think the net return that you're going to get long-term with, with Nick Cross at strong safety is going to be really high. Yeah, there, there are some guys who just, they really excel at keeping things in front of them. And yeah. if you look at him, <clears throat> if you look at it as he's just basically like a deep linebacker, that's perfectly fine. You know, you yeah. can't really be mad at that. Um, yeah, that's... I, so I, I think I, I agree with you. He's probably not going to start right away. McLeod is a placeholder. You've compared it to the Clayton Gathers, Kari Willis situation yeah. before from what was it? 2018, 19, 19, um, yeah. 
2019. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think we'll see him mixed in plenty in training camp, but mm-hmm. they'll they'll probably throw McLeod out there to start. There's no reason not to. I mean, unless Cross is just jumping off the charts in, in camp, it's there's no reason really to do that. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that is about it for us tonight, everybody. Uh, Locked on Colts will be back with you on Wednesday. This week, we'll look at more positional battles. Uh, there, there's not many more left. The Colts kind of have a nice little roster right now. Uh, but we'll discuss who is, we'll also discuss who the Colts most underrated player is. Uh, if you hadn't uh, yet checked out on Horseshoe Huddle, the piece on Grover Stewart being declared the Colts most underrated player. Uh, and we're also a couple weeks away from training camp. So we'll, of course, hit a, f- a fever pitch on that soon as well. And be sure, guys, to join us on social media at Zach Hicks, too. Make sure you follow me. Everyone else, you know, it's not as big a deal if you follow them. If you follow Jake, <laughs> you know, at Jake Arthur NFL. If you guys are on YouTube, you can see that. Uh, you can follow the Locked On Colts podcast on Twitter at Locked On Colts. I think you got our Facebook page up running, too, right, Jake? If that's where. Uh, yeah, are. a little bit. I've, I've gotten some stuff. It's It's got stuff going on it now, so. Guys, jump on that Facebook page. We need to make our page the biggest page on all of Facebook. I know we can do it. Uh, and then over our YouTube channel, you guys have been great at growing this YouTube channel. I think we started off this past week at 24 subs. I think we're up to 150 now, around 150. Mm-hmm. So we're getting close to enough to where we can finally feed Jake's kid. Like that's, that's yes. where we got to get to. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. And then if you're on iTunes, Spotify, whatever, rate, review, subscribe, uh, make, it, make this podcast the number one listen every single day. Absolutely. And thank you guys for making us your number one listen. Uh, Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL podcast. That's our national NFL experts and insiders keeping you guys dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Not one bit. You guys have a great night and we'll see you again here in a couple days.